So, um, the government has, under its um, reforms, if you've missed this news, you've been hiding under a rock, but of course it just kicked in a couple of days ago, now it's uh, July the 3rd. Uh, July the 1st, the government scrapped the country's DHBs, with all regions now governed by Health New Zealand. It's hoped that it will, um, it's hoped to implement a blanket approach to the regions. However, those in the sector are asking if now was really the right time as flu and COVID overwhelm an exhausted workforce. And with me now is Northland GP, Jeff Cunningham. And good afternoon, Jeff. Yeah, good afternoon. Thanks very much for having me on. No, I appreciate you joining us. Now, as a GP, my guess would be that you have received numerous communiques and PDFs and briefings as to how the health system is going to kick in. Um, what can you tell us about it? Tim, with a lot of diagrams with a lot of uh, bubbles and a lot of lines going to each one, but um, day to day, it, it's made no difference to us whatsoever. We're still, every day is exactly the same. Uh, we can't see at the coalface this making any difference to us. And, and to be honest, with everything, you know, we've heard a lot about the health reforms, but we're still waiting to see where general practice fits into this whole, into the health reform vision. We, we still don't know. We're still pretty much in the dark. Because one would imagine it was sort of business as usual, but what are your fears around what's fa what uh, general practice is going to be facing? Oh, Tim, the big issue that we've got at the moment is, is our workforce, and and uh, inextricably linked to that is, is our funding. Our funding model has been broken for two decades now, and... Uh, when we get funded every year uh, by below consumer price index, our health inflation runs at rough two times consumer price index. Um, I think what the listeners probably don't realise is what GPs actually charge as a co-payment to the patient and what we actually get funded by the government is both of those are actually controlled by the government. Now that's gone, that's increased every year. Um, well, for 18 out of 19 years, that's been increased at below consumer price index. When our costs actually go up by roughly about two times consumer price index, so the sinking lid on general practice has been phenomenal, and and you know GPs are really struggling now, especially in some regions like regions like Northland. And uh, linked to that is our workforce. We we're currently 1,600 GPs short in New Zealand. Mm. Um, half of our workforce about to retire in the next uh, five to ten years, or say close to five years. Um, and you know we desperately need to attract uh, people into general practice training. And as you said, it hasn't made any difference to us the reforms at the moment. Where every day is the same. Where mm. where all the GPs are absolutely frankly busy. Yeah, and it just uh, seems to be getting uh, uh, harder and harder. Where our population's growing, our population's aging, mm. and uh, nothing really seems to be changing for us. Now, I don't want to come across in this question as facetious towards the government, but I would imagine, you know, given the headlines, we all know how what a challenge um, it is in primary health care and just people trying to get the attention they need without having to wait around for hours or even just struggling to get an appointment. Common sense would tell you that there would have been a lot of consulta consultation from the government with people at the coalface such as yourself. So what consultation was there? The GPs and clinicians uh, were, I'd have to say, notably uh, left out of the consultations um, in the health reforms, it seems, Tim. And I think that's been one of the major problems. 
and that's probably actually going to be one of the major problems with the implementation as well. This has largely been left up to consultants and managers to design, and uh, I think we will probably end up seeing the end results of that. Whether or not it's going to be workable or not, uh, we're still yet to see. Mm. But at the end of the day, the you know the GPs, we're, we're just we're incredibly concerned about what this is going to mean for access to care. We're already seeing that now. Mm. Uh, and I say there's a there's a distinct lack of trust in the government uh, as far as our um, as, it, as far as our funding goes, and, yeah. and we're desperate for that to be rebuilt. But this is urgent. This is yeah. incredibly urgent. Um, this this needs to be fixed. It needs to be fixed now. I've got so many um, GPs that I know now prematurely looking at leaving workforce. Uh, you've got a very, very disillusioned, burnt-out workforce, especially in the last few years with COVID. Um, this has to be fixed. So, are there any changes flagged at the moment that give you that give a sign that something's going to be done? The government has got some form of a workforce looking at GP funding, but looking at the people who are actually on that workforce, it doesn't really appear as though they've got anyone on there who is actually true coalface general practice or represents any of the general practice uh, business organisations who really know the funding models intimately and that again is disappointing. Um, the GPs have little confidence that this workforce is actually uh, going to actually come up with any meaningful or, or uh, workable answer. So I mean, well, what would you, if you had the ear of the decision makers, what would be a couple of key things that you would ask them to do immediately that, that actually might make a difference in the foreseeable future? Tim, I think the main thing is we, we desperately and urgently need a sustainable um, funding model, and we need a funding model which is uh, equal across the country. Currently, we've got two different types of funding model, which is absolutely crazy. Um, and we need one that targets high-needs patients and high-needs communities. Uh, I think that's that's absolutely vital. But when, when you look at health inflation, the, the crazy thing is, is we're, we're over 81% behind in our funding from where we should be uh, when, this, when our funding started 19 years ago. That's unbelievable. And the other thing too is when our funding model started 19 years ago, there was a stab in the dark at roughly how many times patients would actually see the GP. Well, patients are seeing GPs far, far more frequently than what we're actually funded to do. Mm. So there's a, the GPs are doing a lot more work. They're seeing patients a lot more frequently than from what they're actually funded yeah. for. And the other thing, too, is the job's incredibly complex. Our patients are uh, a, a lot more difficult. A lot more work's been pushed on GPs from uh, the hospitals. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot more paperwork for GPs to be doing after hours. So the GPs are doing uh, far more time. And in some of the uh, the PHOs, primary health organisations, have even said that the amount of paperwork the GPs are doing now is a one-to-one. -one. So for every hour that a GP is actually doing clinically, they're doing one hour, up to one hour of actual non-clinical paperwork time. And GPs aren't funded for that. So you're saying that it's not just a question of people retiring and an ageing workforce. You think that actually the way things are going are going to push people out of primary health care. Is that absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely, Tim? Look, in our practice at the moment, of we were very excited. We've got a new young GP now. He's been with us for three months. He's just informed us two weeks ago that he's actually putting general practice, having lunch with him last week. 
Uh, he stated that out of he, he's uh, one of four of his uh, medical colleagues who have done general practice. Now he's the last of the four to quit general practice. So there's four yeah. young doctors who have done general practice. He's the last one to quit because yeah. he's struggling actually with the funding model and where things are at the moment and the way that the government is currently treating the GPs. Well, he well, just what, cannot see a future. Why, why, why are they doing this? Because I would have thought that, I mean, maybe I've got the wrong impression of things, but my, my feeling about New Zealand healthcare is that for many New Zealanders, the first port of call, the only port of call, is to go to your GP. You've got a sniffle, you've got you've hurt, you've got a, an ache somewhere, you've got you're worried about your health, you want something checked, you go to your GP. Is this model that that's the default primary healthcare? Is this under threat? I don't want to overdramatize it. Well, look, absolutely it's under threat. I mean, and the crazy thing about it is, you know, this this has been so well researched. Um, there's a Barbara Starfield who's one of the leading researchers, world researchers in this. It's proven the dollar put into general practice saves four dollars in a hospital and some uh, studies since then have set up to $14 in a hospital. So, you know, uh, this is the crazy thing. And also the other, the other, some latest research out of the state, some big studies have said, look, G- GPs are the most efficient way of actually delivering healthcare. They're the most efficient people at actually diagnosing and treating the most cost-effective cost way of actually delivering services. And so for practice to be undermined just does not make economic sense. And if you want to invest, you know, you and I both know if you're if you're offered investment scheme, you put a dollar and you get four dollars between four and fourteen dollars back. You, it's a no-brainer. You'd invest in it. And general practice is that investment. But for some reason, um, the we, you know the power be don't see that and aren't making that investment. The other thing that's a real concern is that you know, I think New Zealanders are facing the real prospect of not being able to access care from a general practitioner. Uh, well, a lot of people can't now, but in the next five to ten years, or, or, or growing old and not mm. being able to be looked after by a GP, and that frightens me. I'm 55, and that's a, that's a real prospect for me. Yeah. And I, I don't want to retire and not be looked by a GP. So... We've had the the changeover. Let's go back to the start of the conversation. We've had the changeover to the new health system. Is it just a case that the problems are not going to be addressed? Um, is there anything specific that happened with the new health system that takes us in a worse or a better di- uh, direction? Or is it just, you know what, we've been left out, makes no difference to us, it's just the same struggle? I think it's probably a little bit of the latter, uh, Tim. You know, my analogy is you've, you've got a car and the wheels have fallen off and you're out of gas and, and the government's gone and bought one, maybe two very expensive big steering wheels for it and expect it to go faster. Um, and for me, you know, we're, we're focusing on the wrong thing. Um, but perhaps if we can get some more wraparound services for general yeah. practice, but look, at the end of the day, we're, we're so desperately short in, in general practice. The other two is, is that we've been very much undermined by with our practice nurses. They can earn $24,000 a year more if go and work in the hospital system. Yeah. So, of course, we're losing nurses. There are also the same things happening in aged care. It's happening in uh, after hours or the A&M yeah. centres. So that's starting to fall down now too. So this is a very, very short-sighted move by the government, not giving pay equity to nurses across the board. Yep. So the, the cornerstone yeah. of the healthcare system, which is primary care, general practice, is falling over. Also, the aged care sector 
you know, the hospitals can't get their post-op patients yeah. into the rest homes after operations. So all those beds are being blocked. It's certainly happening here in Whangarei. Yeah. Struggling to do operations because the orthopedic wards and the surgical wards are, are blocked full of patients. They can't move. Yeah. Just, one, stuff. just one quick final question. Have you heard any signals from other politicians, uh, such as uh, the other the National Act and other parties, that have given you any sense that things could be different under them? Or, um, or is it more of a ministry bureaucracy problem that you're battling? Well, you know, there's some pretty strong rumours, and I'll say probably more than rumours because I've heard from people who've had dealings that you know we do have a bit of a, uh, a allegedly, I should uh, preface that, that <laughs> uh, culture problem in the ministry uh, that's anti-general practice, and and we're just staggered, and, and we just don't know why. Um, but uh, yes, we, we have heard from the the national shadow. Minister of Health Shane Retty, yeah. that one of their first priorities should they get in is as GP uh, workforce, and and they have to look at the GP funding. Yeah. Uh, this, this is urgent because yeah. at the moment there, there's you know young medical graduates aren't even considering general practice because yeah. it's just such the poor second cousin um, from any other specialty or looking at going into a into a hospital. It doesn't even it's not even registering okay. uh, as, a, as an option for them. Okay, Jeff. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Um, that's um, have a great day, mate. Uh, well, yeah, you know, have very a, much for your time, Tim. <laughs> sounds pretty grim, Cheers. but that, enjoy your afternoon. Thanks. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.